Hi everyone, it's Teacher Monica. Today, we are going to be talking about an advanced English grammar lesson, the subjunctive mood. So, welcome to this advanced English grammar lesson, focusing on the subjunctive mood. The subjunctive is one of three moods in English grammar. The other two are the indicative and the imperative. The subjunctive mood is used to express wishes, hypotheses, or conditions that are contrary to fact at. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Present. So in English, the subjunctive mood is often considered subtle and tricky to master as it can sometimes resemble the indicative form. However, a keen understanding of its use can greatly enhance your spoken and written English. So these are the lesson objectives of this episode. We are going to focus on understanding the subjunctive mood and its various uses. We are going to learn how to differentiate between the subjunctive and the indicative moods. And then we're going to practice forming and using the subjunctive in both the present and past forms. So for forming the present subjunctive, it's quite simple. For all verbs except to be, the base form is used. It does not change according to the person or the subject. I, you, he, she. It stays the same. So for example, with the verb to talk. I talk, you talk, he, she, it talks, we talk, they talk. So with he, she, and it, it is talk, not talks, because talk is the base form of the verb. We'll go into some examples in a minute so you guys will understand better what this will look like when you speak it, when you say it, or when you write it. Write it. And then for, for the verb to be, the present subjunctive is be for all subjects. So I be, you be, he, she, it be, we be, they be. Don't worry, we'll get into examples. It will all make sense in a little bit. But first, let's take a look at some uses of the present subjunctive. So we have demand or suggestion. Um, it's commonly used after certain verbs that express a demand suggestion, or a recommendation. So something like demand, insist, suggest, recommend, ask, prefer, or request. And these verbs often introduce a that clause in which the subjunctive appears. So here's an example. The doctor suggests that he stay in bed for a few days. And another example. It is essential that she be told the truth. Now, let's look at some conditional sentences. In formal English, the subjunctive can be used 
in the if clause of the conditional sentences that express an unlikely or hypothetical situation. So for example, if I be king, I will change the law. And then the last one is fixed phrases. So there are some fixed phrases that traditionally use the subjunctive mood. For example, heaven forbid that it be true. And another one, be that as it may, we must continue. So those were all present uses of the subjunctive. Let's take a look at some past uses and, and how we can form it in the past. So the past subjunctive mainly uses the past tense form of were for all persons, including first and third person singular. There isn't a special past subjunctive form for other verbs. They simply use the past simple. So for example, if I were you, I would not do that. If he were richer, he'd buy a sports car. So here are some uses of the past subjunctive. Unreal or hypothetical situations. The past subjunctive is commonly used to talk about situations that are contrary to fact. Unreal, hypothetical, or imagined, especially after the word if. So for example, if I were in charge, I'd do things differently. And then we have polite expressions. It's often used in polite requests or expressions of wish, using were rather than was, although in informal speech, was is frequently used. For example, I wish when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I were taller. And then we have formal statements. So in formal English, the past subjunctive may be used to express a wish or a hypothetical situation. It is recommended that he were to arrive before noon. So for expressing wishes and hypotheses, the subjunctive mood is always used when expressing wishes or hypothetical thoughts. For example, I wish I were flying to Paris tomorrow. So we know that you're not. This is a hypothetical wish or a hypothetical scenario that's just not happening right now. I wish I were flying to Paris tomorrow. And the next example, suppose she were elected president. So in both of these, you would think, oh, shouldn't we be using was, but we actually are going to use were because it's the subjunctive mood. So the subjunctive mood is a fascinating aspect of English grammar that allows us to express various states of unreality, such as wishes, demands, or hypothetical situations. 
Its proper use can add a layer of sophistication to your English. Remember, the key to mastering the subjunctive mood is to practice and always pay attention to detail. So for further practice, you guys can write sentences using the subjunctive mood. And for this podcast, I will leave a comment section so you guys can actually write sentences there. And then listen for the subjunctive mood in films, songs, and conversations between native speakers. Try converting sentences from the indicative to the subjunctive to test your understanding. So happy learning, and may your grasp of the English subjunctive be as strong as your enthusiasm for the language.